one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on episode 57. I almost forgot the number. Uh, and we've got quite a bit to talk about. Normally, like, topics can be quite a bit of a, st- a struggle for us to think of some weeks. This week uh, didn't really seem to be a shortage. Um, uh, well, I t- there's there's stuff that I didn't write down on this list that, you know, could have made it in. We could have talked about I mean, updates from what we talked about last week, but that's just depressing. I feel, I feel like, like on the weeks that we struggle, we're like, oh, God, we're struggling. To, like, we didn't do anything particularly interesting this week. Two minutes later on the internet, holy crap, what's been going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, just a you know quick overview, which I forgot to do this last week, of what we're going to be talking about. We've got a couple topics uh, for segment one, uh, the first of which they've announced a release date for Halo Infinite. Uh, Blue's got something that he sent me the title to that uh, made me cry inside when I saw it. I oh, was um, for last part three. No, well, okay, maybe that's part three then. We've got a couple interesting articles, let's say, from part three. Okay. Uh, one that should uh, at least seems to be trying to take itself seriously, and another one that I cannot believe that person is trying to take themselves seriously and okay. segment two doing these in no particular order segment one segment three segment two uh, segment two <laughs> we're gonna be talking about um the movie we had movie night this week uh Shaun of the dead we finally got to watch that indeed classic all right well uh i'll lead off yeah that's right i forgot <laughs> we, we switched around right okay that's a, that pause <laughs> was me panicking because i we'd spoken beforehand and i was like guys you go first <laughs> yeah um, so what i was talking about there halo infinite uh they've announced the release date finally so i was talking Ooh. about this a couple weeks ago um when i played through the what did you do <laughs> didn't you hear that no there's fireworks going off outside my Oh, really? Okay, it didn't come yeah. through uh, Discord, at least. Um, but yeah, so they've announced the release date for Halo Infinite. Um, it is officially going to be coming out December 8th uh, of this year. So that's good news. Good few months ago. Yeah, but it's it's still good news. It's going to happen in 2021. Before, yeah. it was just a vague, uh, maybe at the end of this year... Um, I mean, you've already got the games, so yeah. <laughs> well, no, I I played in their their one like weekend test run, um, and I had a lot of fun with it, but it was just like a quick like weekend thing. It wasn't actually like mm. the full game, and they they should be doing. So more you don't have access to it now. No, no, I actually nah. Steam notified me that it had been taken away. Sad face. Okay. Uh, but one thing that is a bit, uh, it's a mixed bag for me. They've mm. announced that on launch there will be no campaign co-op. Hmm. which is can't, one of the biggest flaws one of the biggest flaws in Halo 5 um, was that it didn't allow couch co-op was so, 5 reach? no 5 wasn't reach no 5 was the first one to come out for the Xbox One okay so there's in order there's Halo 1 2, 3 3 ODST, reach Halo 4, Halo 5 Okay. And Master Chief Collection came out around the same time as 5, which is just all the old games bundled together. Um, and that's just the main releases, not like Halo Wars and stuff like that. Mm. So Halo 5, I've had a lot of criticism about it, it, mainly that it just didn't feel like Halo. It was not a Halo game. Um, but Halo Infinite seems to have addressed a lot of those concerns, so I'm, I'm positive after playing it. I'm annoyed... I'm glad that they're at least going to have co-op in it. I'm hoping that there is couch co-op again. Because the removal of that, like, co-op campaign was one of the biggest parts of Halo. 
like Halo 1, like I have a lot of very fond memories of playing like co-op on Halo 1, 2, and 3 with friends. Yeah. Like Halo 1 and 2 was in, in middle school and high school, and then Halo 3 was in college. Um, yeah, so, I met a lot of friends as well. Oh, yeah. Jesse and I initially bonded over Halo. Uh, we uh, I mean, online, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, online too. I I mean, I met I met Scott through Halo. Yeah. Um, you may never have met me if you hadn't met Scott. That's true. By the, all Halo, Halo has changed our lives in so many ways. Yeah. Don't even know it. But no, so I'm I'm excited that they finally have a release date for it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, they've also announced a special edition controller which is like $200 and looks like Master Chief's armor that I may actually actually buy and I'm ashamed to I was say that say, the, the ammo sticks is like his armor nickel plates <laughs> it's not that, it's just it's the same color scheme um, but yeah I'm I'm hope I'm fingers crossed I'm hopeful they've also done like this open world thing with the campaign which Ooh. might be good might be bad but they're, what they're trying to do, mm. and I'm taking the most good faith interpretation of this, what they're trying to do is imitate the success that Halo 1 had with its second level. Mm. Halo 1's second level is one of the most... Second level, and I think the third or fourth level too, just they, they really have a strong impact to them. Like, the second level is when you first get down onto the Halo ring, and the world just kind of opens up. You yeah. you go to one point that's fairly linear, and then you can go in like four different directions and tackle the mission however you want. And that sounds a lot like kind of that kind of just cause esque style. I hopefully it's not on that scale, but I think because it was still structured, but it gave you the illusion that it you were kind of free to do it how you wanted. Because like once you picked a direction. That was mm. all very structured, and there was there was some you know uh, several different options, but it all felt very organic, and I think they're trying to scale that up to the entire campaign, or at least I hope that's what they're doing. I'm just imagining you get on, you're like you're like a little kid at Christmas, you signing on, and then it's just like it's the map Warlock times t ten times. <laughs> it's just a massive version of Warlock. I can hate that map. I've ranted you can't about see this. The the scathing poison coming from Kaiser's eyes, but fucking hate I that. Show you it's there. <laughs> I, I have a, a like a burning hatred for most maps that MLG players like in general. In most shooting yeah. games, like I like the the like creative, like asymmetric, cool, like maps with a lot of different nuance and chaos to them. Yeah, the oversimplified look. Yeah. While it's, it, it like, <sighs> like. Simplistic can work on maps. Yeah. We've discussed this many times before. But this level where it's just like sheet metal everywhere just fucking sucks. It's one of the reasons that I pretty heavily disliked Halo 5's multiplayer. They were really pushing to get 60 FPS um, on the console version. And as a result, every single object in that game looked like it was made by Mattel. It was like this flat, drab, monocolor plastic. It looked gross. Yeah. That's when developers stop making for a player who wants to have fun, and they start making for a player who wants to be competitive. Yeah, and I feel like that's the way that the industry, in a as a whole, has gone a lot over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, and it it yeah, it's annoying. But 
overall hopeful. I'll yes. go with that. Overall hopeful. All right, and I think you you had something. To, is it Final Fantasy again? I believe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I was peeved the other night. Uh, Kaiser was actually playing a game called Splitgate with his friends, mm. and I knew he was playing with friends. And I was like, I, I, I'm not going to interrupt him. And then something happened, and I just sent him a very angry message in caps locks. <laughs> so, in Final Fantasy. There is, uh, like, three main campaigns which are available to anyone for free. And I completed the first game, main campaign, and it was alright, it was decent. Uh, in fact, to be honest, all three of the main campaigns are not brilliant. Mm. It's not why I like the game. Anyway, at the end of the second one, uh, like, the last kind of event that happens is you're at, like, a party celebration, everyone's having fun... You're sat with the Sultana, who is, like, the queen of a city. Hmm. And there's a bunch of uh, other leaders from other cities at the party. You're with the queen in, like, her bedchambers. Uh, she's a Lalafell, before you give me that uh, bollocks. So, no, uh, don't, yeah. No. And you're talking to her, and you're like... Uh, she's like, okay, so my plan is, there's a lot of strife in my kingdom. The way that... Theoretically, it'll all work out. I'm going to abdicate, right? Okay. So, to abdicate means to, to give up your royal position. I'm not saying this for your sake, I'm saying this for Yeah, I was going to say. Pretty yeah. sure I... Um, <laughs> so, to give up the throne and just, like, make it a, a democracy or something. I don't know. And so she says that, and then she picks up a goblet of wine, drinks from it, and fucking dies. Right? A Completely twist. unexpected. No, no one saw this coming. Okay, I saw this coming because I accidentally saw a spoiler on YouTube. But she's, she's fucking dead. All right. Some guards come in. They're like, "She's fucking dead. You're to blame." They go out. Like these guards are led by an evil lord or something. Mm. Whatever. The lord and these guards go to the party. They're like, "You're all um, culpable." Accomplishment, accomplice is, that's the word, to, like, your group of people. Uh, one dude who was, like, the, the the guardian for the queen is, like, so pissed, and he knows that someone's been fucking around, so he attacks one of the guards who's, like, obviously, like, a higher position. He gets his fucking arm cut off. And this is a cool dude, by the way. The, the, the guy, a guy called Rauban. He's a very cool character. Hmm. Gets his arm sliced off. And he's like... Blacks out on the floor. No, he doesn't black out. He's really pissed. He just turns into a fucking demon. He gets arrested. Everyone else barely gets away. They're running down the corridors. Like Then two of them stay behind to, to stop them. To slow them down. Then another two. Then another two. And then it's just you. Hmm. And you get out of the city. And you're like... Oh my god. Uh, everyone is dead. Everyone dies, right? Like, I'm the only one who got out alive. You get in a cart with the one person who didn't die who I actually fucking hate. <laughs> I really hate the guy that I came with. Um, and you go off and you, you can't go back to the city. Like, you have to go to a far-off city where they'll accept you because right now your head's on the wanted list. Yeah. Later on, you 
uh, find out that Raoban is still in prison, hasn't been executed. You go in, you fucking kill all his captives, you save Raoban, and I don't know somehow because I didn't, I did skip some of the story. Like the the city just returns to normal. Oh, like it, while the party was happening, Raoban fucking cut the Lord's head off. By the way, just. By the by, like, it was a fucking dramatic scene, right? All because the Sultana died. And then there's, like, a whole main storyline where you go off this other land, six different, like, areas, do a bunch of quests in all of them, you're dotting around, uh, you kill, like, a epic final boss, and it's like, ah, oh, the classic, um, the classic fairy tale ending... There's like an award ceremony, people are coming together, it's happy. And this little Lalafell bitch comes up onto the stage, and I'm like, What? Oh, is that the queen? Or the sulfur, whatever? You're dead. How, how are you... What? How is she here? Is this a dream sequence? Is this like, <laughs> some alternate fucking reality? We haven't seen her since she died. Died being the operative word. And she's just standing there. Healthy as all fuck. She doesn't even do anything to us. She just stands there. And she's like... Now kiss the bride. It's not even that. It's not a wedding. But she's just there. So they don't even explain how she came back to life? or Maybe they did and I skipped through it in like a cutscene. But like... <laughs> there weren't any long cutscenes between them. So I don't... What did I miss? And even then... She was confirmed dead by multiple people. You know what happened? She set your ass up. No, she didn't. Ah, she totally did. The guards were on her payroll. And like, like, she for a first start, she's a lalafell. All right, just let's think about it for a second there. Smaller person body. Yeah. You need less poison generally. Generally, yeah. All right. Now consider. She's. The fucking queen. <laughs> like, if I was the assassin, that would be like 90% death, 10% mixer. Right? Yeah. Cause like, especially because she just, she drank it, and then it was like, dead! It happened instantly. BAM! They got potassium cyanide in uh, Final Fantasy Land. Like, uh, it's bad enough that they let her fucking man servant awesome dude like live for all that time until we rescued him I mean, and to all be... the other sorry no, to be fair I mean you can take down like a normal sized human being with just like a very very tiny amount of potassium cyanide and all, all the other scions all the people in your group the scions of the seventh dawn who have supposedly saved the world mm. at this point twice murdered for a queen that isn't dead Oh, they right. actually die. Okay. Yeah. But wait! One but wait. of them isn't dead! <laughs> There's no end to the bullshit. Oh, guess which one didn't die? That's right, it's the fucking white-haired cat lady who everyone has a boner for. That's the one that they bring back. It's like... <gasps> and, and you wonder why? why I've been skipping all of the cutscenes. <laughs> like... Like, everybody, like... That... 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 Thing with the party, that was a fucking epic scene. That was... Yeah. I literally, I've told you at the time when I watched this, that was over an hour long, that cutscene. 
Jesus. And I was so fucking gripped. Like, that's a short film. Yeah. And I fucking watched it through and I was like, damn. Shit's gotten real. Except it hasn't because it's all fucking lies. That is honestly some of the worst... You've actually reminded me of a of an anime that I watched when I was in. Um, I, I don't know if I was in high school or middle school, but I was I was a lot younger. Um, right. But it's relevant to this because this is one of the worst things when there's a great setup to a story, like the build up is there, the tension is there. It's like oh shit, something's gonna happen, and then they resolve it with just a little. It's over. Mm. I hate that. So there was. There was this anime um, I watched uh, with one, one of my friends in high school called uh, Spiral, I think it was called. Mm. Um, and we watched it because at that point, like, we were also really into the anime Detective Conan and or Case Closed, as it's known in Japan. Excellent show. It's still running. It's got like a thousand episodes. Um, and it's it's a murder mystery thing. It's like you know, Sherlock Holmesy. there's a detective, some mystery happens, and then... He uses clues to figure out, oh, it's, you know, he yeah. murdered this person He's by doing X, Y, and Z. This show seemed very similar, where they've got, like, you know, there, there's, um, but it's different. There's, like, this this group, this mysterious group of people who are essentially setting up these, like, traps. These, mm. these deadly traps that essentially are, like, terrorist events. Like, they're, like, oh, this hospital's gonna blow up unless you figure out X, Y, and Z, and so on and so forth. And it was really good, but in, this group was set up as, like, this... Like, some, it was clear something had been done to them. They, they had some sort of a, a, a mutation or something, or they were marked, or... The, so, it was set up that there was some mysterious thing about them that made them, like, special and clever, and it's why they were taking vengeance on the world or something like that. Yeah. Get to the last episode. It's resolved in like a five-minute white background, like flashback with just a voiceover, and the explanation Oof. is complete nonsense. A flashback. Flashbacks. Not, not even a flashback. Sorry. It's like it just it fades to white, and then a voiceover tells you a bullshit reason. It's basically uh, like we couldn't figure out why they were special either. We <laughs> run out of the budget, so here's what happens. <laughs> that, that is exactly how it ended. And to this day, I, and I, I'm so pissed because I actually, we were so into the show that I was buying the DVDs. Ooh. And this was back when I like, you know, I had like no, no fucking money because I was, I was like 12. I didn't have a job. Yeah. Um, and so I was basically just, it was, it was, I was spending allowance on that. And I have the I, ha I still have the whole box. Well, not the whole box, but I have all the DVDs for the, that season. I I, I want to go. I, I I've almost like burned it out of my mind. I just the only thing that sticks in my head is that ending and how fucking shit it was compared to the awesome setup they'd had throughout the series. So, mm. what you're talking about there, absolutely true, and it's something that you see with a lot of like it ruins a lot of things when you have a bad ending to a good concept. Yeah, and, okay, so, everyone does go on about Final Fantasy stories amazing if you just give it a chance. Yeah. I disagree, and the reason behind it is that I find it quite, quite slow to progress, right? Like, yeah. it's not inherently bad, it just takes a long time to get to the points. And 
a lot of the good points are punctuated by a lot of long, slow points. Like, like I said, that mission where I had to go and fetch a bunch of soldiers' uniforms for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, fifty hours into the game. Fetch your own fucking uniforms, you lazy <laughs> shits. It's like I'm practically the hero of the world right now. Yeah, exactly. And you're telling me to go out and find a sandwich recipe? Like, what the hell? Oh um, my god. And yeah, like, so... And all power to the people that enjoy that story. Um, but I genuinely... I prefer the gameplay far more than any of the... Any of the yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the gameplay more than any... I, see, I've skipped every cutscene, so in my mind, the storyline is about an extremely ugly man who carries a spear trying to become the best gambler in all of whatever the fuck world this is called. First of all, you can't gamble in this game, and second of all... Oh, wait, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm playing Triple G, yeah. <laughs> Right, that's... I suppose it is technically gambling because you have to pay in. Um... And you, you're literally calling your own character the ugliest Have man Have you seen my character's face? <laughs> he looks like Jesus. He's not ugly. No, no. Look at Actually, look at his facial feature. He's got the Jesus hair, but if you look yeah. at his face, he looks like he took beauty tips from a boulder. Like, the dude is, the dude is fucking ugly as hell, and I made him that way on purpose. <laughs> oh, I should have called him Bob the Boulder. <laughs> no, instead I called him Dirk Clintthrust. Yeah, I mean, it's an appropriate name. Yeah, um, considering he's a he's a Lancer. Yeah. Oh. oh. So, I, I, I kind of want to go on a little... Unless you have something else you want to move on to. I kind of want to... No. I thought of another example of great setup, shit ending. Go on. So, I may pick this for movie night at some point, if I haven't already. Have I shown <laughs> you guys... Expense. Sorry. They haven't had the ending yet. <laughs> um... It was the ending for me because I'm not reading any further into it. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't like the fact that they took out a, uh, yeah. It uh, it just anyway. Sorry, no, your point. Oh, yeah. Um. So yeah, the the what I'm thinking of is uh. Oh God, I, I lost. It. Oh yeah. So I may pick right. this for movie night at some point. The movie's called uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Have, have okay. I don't think we've watched that yet, right? I don't think so. I don't so, great movie, you know. Great, great story, great acting. Um, some bits are a little contrived, but it's still really good. The ending is just like... Basically, the way the movie ends is I could see them like in the writer's room there. It's like, oh, how can we tie all this together? How can we have a good ending? It's like... Well... Um, the, the good guy wins. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it, yeah. it literally is that abrupt. They have this movie, and so basically the premise, this guy, um, who was, like, an engineer working for, like, a defense contractor or something like that, and, you know, whatever. He, um, well-off guy, he's got, he's got a wife and a daughter. Uh, these people break into his house, they knock him out, um, do untoward things to his wife and kill both her and the, the daughter. And... Okay. They get obviously caught, taken to court, and the district attorney cuts a plea deal so that the guy that actually did the killing, he gets to walk after like 10 years because he testified against the other guy. And the other guy that basically did nothing but was there helping him, that guy gets a death penalty. Right. And so this guy is furious because the this 
you know, the court system. Yeah, the mojo scan. For yeah, exactly. The guy that did all of this, and just because the DA was like, oh, you know, if we if we go to court, we we risk them getting off instead of not punishing them at all. Yeah, you want the win. Yeah, exactly. It's basically the guy the for the guy who this happened to. It was it was a moral issue. It was like this guy did these fucked up things. We gotta like, you know, we gotta at least try to have justice done. And go yep. after the guy that really did it, um, but for the the DA, it was just a, it was just like oh it's you know another day in the office. It, we want to get a win because that makes me look better and I get a pay rise and all that fun stuff. Mm. And um, so basically, what happens is yeah that that all goes through, and this guy just sets himself on revenge. Like he starts up like a like for I think something like five to ten years, he starts plotting and thinking up like his revenge, and he exacts it in brutal fashion like he takes out the guy that got out um in a very brutal way but then he's not done then he goes after like the the da and the judge that agreed to it and the lawyer that defended the guy and like starts going through all of this stuff and but he does it with a purpose like he's trying he doesn't go after the, the the lawyer the da that decided to do this he's trying to show him that this you know the the way that he's handling justice is immoral Right, and again, yeah. you don't don't condone anything that that guy did in the movie because he did some fairly brutal things. But you can sympathize when you see, essentially, you know. Yeah, you see, you understand his mo- his motive for doing exactly. So. You, you um, put yourself in that situation. You, you your your family gets murdered, and no one's going to do anything about it. You know. It reminds me a lot of the uh, oh god, I've got his name out. The superhero slash villain uh, with the skull on his chest. Oh, the Punisher. Punisher. Have you seen that? Um, I think series? I've seen. I don't think I've seen the series. I think I've seen one of the movies, or at least part of it. Uh-huh. But so, just to to wrap it back to the bad endings. Yes. And I've actually had a discussion with my dad about this. He didn't think the ending was that bad. I thought the ending was awful. Um, <laughs> essentially, this the guy's plan is brilliant. He's executing it perfectly up until a point. It gets to the very end when he's getting to like the the finale of his plan, and a fucking Deus Ex Machina comes out of nowhere, and the the DA gets an email from somebody who has never been on screen, who tells him just sends him. I think this you is told the... me about this before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he sends him like basically a document that like this is his plan. Txt and it, he suddenly just. Knows everything, and not only yeah. that, the guy like blows his cover on purpose for some. Well, not on purpose, but he he makes one of the most idiotic decisions that you could make. This like, is sounding very reminiscent of the worst ending in any story that we both agree on, and I know that we both do. Oh, this sounds a lot like Death Note. Oh yeah. Hate that fucking it. it is. It is like universally the worst ending to no. a. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the real ending, not where I consider the series. The series ends when L dies. That's that's yeah. my line on it. But the actual ending, you're right. It's almost exactly the same thing, because at the very end, the main character who's been like he's 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 maybe you want to call him an antihero, a villain, an antagonist, whatever you classify mm. him as. He has been brilliant and executed his plan flawlessly up until a point, and then he just takes crazy pills at the end and decides to blow it all up. 
And it's the same thing in this movie. So, yeah. The, uh... And it's worse because the rest of the movie is so good. Yeah. Well, the only the only reason I wouldn't want it to end with L... Oh. ...is because there's, like, all the points after that, 80% of it is fucking gold. Like, the ending is fucking the worst thing ever. Yeah. But... Up to that point, even from after L died, it is so good, and that's what makes the ending so goddamn bad. Yeah, I the reason I say it should probably end with L is I like like because that would have been a good ending. Yes, there was more yeah. good content after that, but then you get a shit ending after that good content. Yeah. Like with it ending with their like, it just it cuts in that that brilliant moment where he's looking up at him. And boom, end of the series. That would have been such an epic ending. There are two moments that particularly stick out in my mind about that series. One is obviously that point that was a pinnacle of the series. The other was when he was in the helicopter and he had just been passed back the death note and he had his memories wiped for so long. Yeah. And he like, I think it's the moment he touched still thing and all of his memories flood back and you're like, it's fucking on boys. It's yeah. fucking on. <laughs> And then... It's so dramatic. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Well, that's that's the point where, like... He's... His own, like, more naive, more sincere self... Did all the work of building trust with all these people. Yeah. And then he gets the memories back. And he still has that trust. But now he's back to being, you know... It's the fucking perfect plan. Like, plays out. Yeah. It's so good. Shit. Anyway, we, we talked, talked about, about Death and many times... <laughs> Have we really? I, I I knew we talked about it once before. I didn't know. Well, we, we, we always, always talk, talk about it whenever endings come up. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> we haven't actually talked about the actual content of Death Note hardly yeah. at all. I you know what what might be a decent uh, topic for uh, a segment sometime is the philosophy behind Death Note because so um, the ethics and things. Well, I'm I'm thinking about um, we're 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 coming up on the end of the segment but just as as something that Lou and I talked about earlier in the week uh was you know th- moments of like self-reflection where you, you think like if i was in this situation you know would i be a good person you know am i a good person am i doing like hmm. you know are are you, it's something that it's worth a conversation i think worth having with yourself every now and again just like you know really taking a moment of self-reflection and i think that death note has a lot of that that that's one of the core questions to it because the guy seems to be a perfectly fine upstanding person but the moment he gets that level of power mm-hmm. he turns into like just a like a brutal tyrant that's correct correcting the world he becomes a dictator yeah but but a silent one he's not yeah and it's it's a complex thing because he's not out there looking for um he's not really looking for praise he's not looking for recognition He's just silently correcting the world the way he thinks it should be. In in a brutal fashion. And they, they make a very distinct uh, line between Light Yagami and Kira, as is the name of his murder His alter side. ego, yeah. Um, and it, when... Then it, it's particularly obvious, like when I just said, where he gets his, his memories wiped, because he goes back to being that... Oscar's not not necessarily a super sweet innocent boy, but like a very down to earth, you know, fresh out of school, a morally upstanding citizen. 
Exactly. And then the moment it's back in his hand, everything floods back to him and he has that power lost again. Yeah. Um, but you could argue he made a lot of people happy with the things that he did. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, would you... Yeah. It's a real religious argument, I would say, because it very strongly plays on the idea of playing God. It does, but it, and it also plays on the... Um... Like, the, the old question of, like, would you rather, like, be free and live in a world where there is danger, or be completely safe, but, you know, be heavily restricted? Mm. So he's essentially controlling people, because people aren't being good people because the world is... So I quick, quickly, for those who don't know, brief recap, Death Note is an anime where this kid gets a Death Note, um... Which is a book that if he writes someone's name in it, uh, they'll die. And if he writes a cause of death, they'll die of that cause of death at the time he specifies. If he doesn't specify anything, they die of a heart attack in a certain amount of time. Yeah, Just, there's a whole bunch of rules. Yeah, and he decides he's going to start wiping out criminals en masse with heart attacks so people realize that somebody's coming after these people. Anyway, um, what I was going to say is like it... it it comes down to the idea that, um, like, those people, like, he builds this ideal world in the end for a while, where crime is almost eliminated, but people aren't being good people because they're, there's any, like, they have any desire to be, necessarily. They're, they're being good people because somebody's holding a gun to their head. Yeah, it becomes, the world becomes a police state. Yeah. But it's a police state that people can't, it doesn't matter how much they rebel and say they don't want it. It's not something they can do anything about, particularly. Unless they actually find Kira, the uh, the person. Yeah. yeah. And it does become a lot like kind of uh, 1930s Germany slash, you know, Russia during those times. Yeah. Where, like, you're afraid of your neighbor, you're afraid of your kids. Um, because if they post something online saying you did something terrible, then Kira's going to find your name. Killed. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or it's like the have you have you ever read the book 1984? Uh, I think you told me about it. I don't know. There's a lot of books that are just named after dates. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's another dystopian future. It's actually set in England by uh, George Orwell. Um, oh, is that where like if the Germans won? No, no. Uh, it's okay. it's actually if uh, socialism took over the West essentially, and so. Right. You end up with three nations perpetually at war. Um, Eurasia, which is essentially the Soviet Union and all of Europe. Um, mm -hmm. Oceania, which is the US, uh, South America, and the UK. And then uh, East Asia, which is China, India, and most of the South Pacific. And China? <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. And it's, it's set in the UK, uh, which is referred to as Airstrip 1 in the book. Um, right. And the reason I bring it up is, like in most socialist states, uh, like you were saying, it's like neighbors reporting on each other, family reporting on each other in service of the mm. state. So they, they actually have a, a subplot in it where they're talking about one of the, the main character's neighbor neighbors, his kids, they're part of a youth organization called the Spies, where they're essentially trained by the state that they need to be ever vigilant. And at the end, they actually, they, the guy's daughter turns in him. Uh, like his neighbor, his neighbor's daughter turns in his her father, and even in the jail cell, her father is like, 
oh, I'm so proud of her. I, it's good that she caught me before I did anything against, you know, against the state and stuff like that. Because even he's, like, so far gone in the indoctrination. But, yeah, um, but um, yeah that, that's that's what it is. Yeah. To, 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 to clarify, like, why we think the ending is so bad, by the way, um, how easily it could have been won is that, like, any time over, like, I think, like, there's a year at the end where they basically do nothing. Like, yeah. the task force out to get Kira does nothing. Yeah. Any time doing that, he could have planted a bomb in the office. He could have just got a, a mob of people under his command to fucking kill them all. Yeah. Like, well, and there are so many ways. There are so many ways, and I think what, what is really infuriating about it, and this this will kind of be the last point, is that... He has acted brilliantly. He's shown himself to be mm. just a very sharp and precise tactician for the entire rest of the story. And then Better he... than the best detective on the planet. Boom. Yeah, he, he beats that guy. And yet... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's just a very annoying ending, but... <laughs> don't want to belabor that. I'm sure we could, if we, if we thought about it, we could pull up other stories that have great great beginnings and crap endings but we've already gone over on time a little bit yeah well yeah so moving on to Shaun of the Dead for segment two I guess yeah that's what we'll go to next a little bit more lighthearted. um <laughs> it's a comedy a horror comedy which is a weird combo um but yeah <laughs> this is gonna be the end of a uh, segment one of the team CJ podcast thank you all for listening and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. And uh, we had movie night. We watched Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. At some point, I do... We, we make that tangerine joke so often now that I, I kind of just want to watch that. Because that that, Dark Knight's a good movie. That'd be a good movie to watch sometime. <laughs> Whoa, you totally need to explain that for the viewers because they didn't hear it. So, so there is a... Um, in, in the Dark Knight, uh, the Batman movie... Um, with Christian Bale, there's a moment in it where um, uh, Alfred. Alfred is telling Bruce Wayne about uh, trying to explain the Joker's thinking to him. Is like he's talking about because um, the Batman's still trying to find like a logical reason why the why the Joker would do what he did, and the guy's like, "When I was serving in Burma, that's the wrong accent, but when he that was serving, really okay, I, judging myself a little too harshly then." Um, he said when he was serving in Burma, they came across a bandit who had been, like, robbing their caravans and taking shipments of jewels, right? And, um, they, they <laughs> kept looking around and they eventually found that, are you, why, why, why? It's because when you said jewels, I was like, they took the jewels. It was the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Okay, I'm getting it. So, I can't help it. Sorry. So he talks about they they searched and tried to find the guy, and um, when they they eventually realized that they were looking for him selling these 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 jewels, and he's like, and I found a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine, and, and I found the bandit. He was very sneaky. Because he was the size of Tantra. So somebody made like a, a joke video on YouTube where they, they cut up the speech. So every single line is like, "When I was in Burma serving with the Tangerines, 
<laughs> it's like, <laughs> we found a bandit the size of a tangerine. Uh, it's just it's it's not funny it's, but it it's isn't so but it's become an inside joke so when i was doing yeah. the intro to this segment blue just goes tangerine into the mic i was just looking oh, at your face mate i yeah i do have an orange light on right now yeah. I, this is why i want to move to somewhere with more natural light from now on that's not the orange light that's the tangerine the tangerine light. light it is actually kind of a yeah, tangerine color Anyway, anyway, the actual movie that we watched this week. weird fucking intro to this segment. I don't know, some of my favorite ones of these podcasts are the ones where we go off talking about random bullshit, so I'm fine with it. Um, so we, we watched Shaun of the Dead this week, and you're probably going to have to pop in and uh, correct me a few times, because you've seen the movie a lot more than I have. Um, I but have. I, I do remember I most of the plot. I still my face at some points of it. There are some cringe bits. So, well, not cringe, just gore. Oh, the gore? Yeah, that, that didn't really bother me. Yeah. So we actually talked about... We recorded more Amnesia yesterday, and mm. for whatever reason, horror video games freak me out. Like, mm. I can't... Like, especially the, the really atmospheric, tension-building ones. Gore and horror stuff in movies and anime and stuff like that. And, eh, okay. Doesn't bother me. But I think it's because when you're playing a game, you put yourself into being that person yeah um, anyway so Shaun of the Dead actually apparently a same people same two guys that did the um, other one that we watched Hot Fuzz going uh, oh Hot Fuzz I was going to say going postal that's not right <laughs> that's right they were police officers not postal workers um, so it, it was well, like, he was in it wasn't he, he? No, no, wait, wait, no, 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 different guy. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, yeah. So I've, it was interesting for me watching them in reverse order because Hot Fuzz obviously referenced a lot of things that happened in Shaun of the Dead. But when I watched Shaun of the Dead, it was like Shaun of the Dead was referencing a lot of things that happened in Hot Fuzz. So I was, yeah. I was getting them in reverse. Um, yeah, I can't remember which one came out first. Um, there's one in the trilogy that you still haven't seen, and I know you said you're, you're eager to watch it. Um, it's 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 one about um, so obviously there was one that was like a cult of old villagers OAPs. Yeah. Um, there's one which is like the world turns to zombies, and the third one is uh, everyone in this like county area is slowly being replaced by alien robots. Okay. And the 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 crew is on like a a, a pub crawl. And you as they get through the yeah. night, they, they suddenly realize things are not quite as they seem. You've kind of, yeah. So, a bit of background on this. Um, Shaun of the Dead is a parody of the movie Dawn of the Dead. Again, about a zombie apocalypse. I've never seen either of those movies until just recently. But I have seen a parody of the parody called Juan of the Dead, which takes place in Cuba. Yeah. I have not, not seen Dawn of the Dead either, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very, very old film, film isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, pretty old at this point. I, I, to be fair, I don't, I don't know when it came out. I have no idea. Yeah. You're welcome to look it up, but um, um, so go on, you talk. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, um, all right. So getting into the plot, and you know, get me if I'm wrong on any of these. 2004. Oh, this is not that old. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty old, old now. Seventeen years. <laughs> and I would have been thirteen, fourteen when that came out. 
No, 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 sixteen. No. That would have been sixteen. No. Wait, well, yeah, did I say two thousand four? You said two thousand four. I was born in nineteen eighty eight. Right. Yeah. Okay. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. I was way younger. Than you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, so, getting into the actual movie plot, um, yeah. it starts off in, in, like, this pub scene, which actually I found really funny. Like, the, the main... The Winchester. Winchester. Yeah, the Winchester. The um, named after the rifle. And he's, like, the main character sitting there, you know, he's, he's got a beer in front of him, and he's just got kind of, like, this dull, like, tired look on his face. Like, the, the, the 9 to 5 guy who's just tired, been on his feet all day, and he's out at a pub having a drink. That's the look on that guy's face. And he's having a heart-to-heart with his girlfriend. And um, she's talking about how, like, trying to break it to him easy, that can we not just go to the pub, you know, every time we want to go out? And can we not be with your best friend here who's been with you forever, who's this big fat yeah, dude over to here? Move out yeah, with her. exactly. They want to, you know, let's, let's get a place together. And she's trying to, like, pull him away from his bro life. Um, Unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and so his friends over there are just loudly and annoyingly playing on the arcade machine. But they, they do this scene in a really funny way where they, they're talking about him as if he's not there. And then the camera cuts and he's right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> and then then he talks about some of her friends and the camera cuts and they're right there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they keep this gag going for a while. And I thought it was With just... Dylan Moran. Oh. So, you remember Dylan Moran? Yeah, well, he was in that uh, movie um, Runaway Bride. No, uh, Decoy Bride. He was, but I, I always remember him from Black Books. Oh, right. He was the, yeah, the shopkeeper. shop owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching, yeah, we watched, God, that was like two years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Anyway, so, Black Books, also a very good series. Um, three series. Hmm? Yeah, three series. <laughs> I always forget that you guys do that in the UK. So, in the US, when a TV show has multiple airings, like multiple years, we call it seasons. But in the UK, mm. you call it series. It's always confusing, because when we say, in the US, when you say a series, you mean the entire collected work. Right. You don't just mean, like, one segment of it. So an entire series would have several seasons. I like to say... We are uh, almost 10 minutes into the recording now, and we've not got past the first scene yet. <laughs> it's a good first scene. Alright, alright. I'll, I'll, I'll try to move a little faster. So, that scene happens. Uh, he kind of agrees that, okay, maybe we should, you know, do this and get better. And ends up going back to... They, they end up going back home, and... Um, Him and his bro, that is. Yeah, yeah. They go to bed, wakes up, that guy's, like, up the next day, and he's literally just sitting there drinking beer, playing video games, and before work, like he's... Halo, wasn't he? I know, he's playing on a PlayStation, couldn't have been Halo. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I got a keen eye for them video game controllers. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, he's sitting there playing video games, and this guy decides, oh, I'm gonna sit down with him and play some video games. And um, he's like, okay, but come on, can you clean up a little bit? Because, you know, this is getting a little obnoxious. And he's like, okay, I'll clean up and whatever. After somewhat of a conversation, he gets dressed, goes off to work, stopping at, like, the corner shop first. You know, gives some money to a homeless dude or whatever. 
goes to work, has his, his work day, and then realizes, oh shit, there's a whole bunch of stuff I have to do. He forgot to set reservations to this restaurant mm. that he was taking his, supposed to be taking his girlfriend out to. What? Buys a Cornetto in the corn shop. Very mm. important. What is a Cornetto, by the way? You don't have Cornettos over there. No, we don't. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like the quintessential classic ice cream of England. Uh, it's... It's it's just got some fucking history to it. That it's just so British. Um, anyway, the 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 three films are called the Cornetto trilogy because I think they were all they all have the same thing, and I think they're all like paid for partially, like by, by Cornetto. Cornetto. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. They are very British films. They are. They're um, very British actors. God. Anyway, so he comes. He he rushes back home to try and immediately set the reservation. It doesn't work out because um, like they're full up on tables. He can't work anything out, and so he tells his girlfriend, and she's furious with him. He also realizes, oh shit, I had to get flowers for his mother for Mother's Day because his father came into the shop where he worked at and chastised him for being a shitty son. Not a very famous actor. Yeah, that guy's been in a lot of things too. But also, I think I should clarify stepfather. Yeah. Because throughout the entire film, they're like, oh, your dad was here. He's like, he's not my father. Or something like that. <laughs> You're not my real dad, dad. <laughs> You're not my father, dad. Yeah. Um, so he sets a reservation for the restaurant, um, or tries to, can't do it, rushes over to his girlfriend's place because she's furious with him. Uh, he yeah. gets into the apartment, and she is livid and breaks up with him. Yeah. After you know, have just there's a lot of back and forth that really is kind of meaningless. Yeah, it, it, it ends with so food at the Winchester. <laughs> yeah, and that's when he's like, <laughs> that's the last draw. Yeah, and that just kind of like breaks it up that he just can't think of anywhere else to go except for the pub where they've been going forever. Yeah. yeah, and so he all dejected goes back home. Um, him and his uh, his bro, they go out, they get drunk, they close down the Winchester, like, and just end up like drinking beer and shots until all hours of the morning. Go back home and are playing we like shut in. Do you have shut ins over there? No. Wait, what are shut in? Like when they just lock up the pub and it's just those. Yeah, you're allowed to stay in the pub, but you're like locked in. I've no. never been in. A... Well, actually, no, I tell why I have been in a shut in. But... I mean. You can, like, rent out places for, like, an entire night or something like that for, like, parties and stuff, but... Yeah. You have to really trust the people you're shutting in with all the alcohol, really. Okay, so it's actually... It's something that's just... Oh, for regulars, you guys can stay in here and... Yeah. Okay. They, they might have those in some places in the U.S., but probably not. It's very rare. They wouldn't have them around here. Less likely these days, more like in the old days where people didn't really give a shit if you were acting like a drunk, drunk asshole, these days I feel like it's a lot more strict on cracking down on people I mean, ever since Ever since Prohibition, the US has been like that. Like, mm. like, um, ever, yeah, ever since Prohibition, the US has had a really weird uh, relationship with alcohol. But, alright, so moving on, they, yeah, they so. get blasted, and they go back to their place, and it's like four in the morning, and they're playing some crazy, like, hip-hop or something like that, and their roommate, who I didn't know was a different person than Dylan Moran, I thought they were the same guy. Really? I, 
they look the same. Bill Moran's all like this, you know, and he's a little bit Irish. Yeah. That guy is like, I fucking, I'm gonna fucking fuck you in a minute. Well, they they, they were separated by enough scenes, and they looked similar enough that they, I thought they were the same person for like half the movie. Like, it was only until later, like when one of them dies and the other one's still alive, I was like, didn't he just yeah. die? <laughs> They're pulling a Final Fantasy on me again. <laughs> so he, their roommate, their third roommate, you know, yells at them and goes like, oh, I'll go to sleep and deal with this shit. And um, he talks about how like a hobo bit him on the way home. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, they see their first zombie on their way home from the pub, but they just think it's like somebody who's wicked drunk or something yeah. like that kind of wandering off. And so the next day they wake up, you know, hungover and, and whatnot, and um, it always reminds me of that scene in Zombieland, where he lets the girl into his apartment. Oh yeah, and he has to. I fucking hate that scene. Yeah. It's like you know what's coming. It's deeply and unpleasant. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Zombieland also a very good movie. Also very good. Yeah, and um, also very funny. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. I, I really enjoy watching that one. Anyway, so, um, uh, what am I trying to say? They wake they, up the next morning. They wake up the next morning. The yeah, and they, they go into the back, and they think it's just, like, a drunk chick out in the backyard who wandered in, because it's a mm-hmm. zombie, and they're shambling, like, Ugh. And, um, then she jumps on the main character and starts trying to bite him and stuff like that, and his friend just thinks it's fucking hilarious, and he goes to get a camera, and he's taking a picture of it and everything. And, um... They eventually get the lady off of him and knock her over, and she falls and gets impaled on like a pole. Yeah, and was it a very sharp pole? <laughs> right. The gore in this movie like seemed very easy to happen. Like it's not, it's not that. Yeah, easy. I mean, it's meant to. It's a comedy, but yeah, yeah. So she, she, but then, not dead, climbs up off the pole and then comes shambling back at them, and they end up just like beating the crap out of her with like, a, I think a cricket bat and a shovel. Yeah, or something like, like that. that. I don't know if that happens later. I think they just retreat into our house. Yeah, and then that's when they watch the news, and the news is talking about how, like, oh, some infection has happened. You must, you know, destroy the head to... Before they get back to the house, the fat dude appears in the backyard. Because oh. then Sean is like, are they still there? And the dude's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're still there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so they um, they retreat back in the house, they watch the news, and that's when they, they finally notice that there's this big plague going on, and, like, the zombie apocalypse. And it's funny, because it's been going on for a while, but yeah. there are several scenes where they're just completely oblivious to it. Like, they repeat the scene where he walks to the corner shop to buy something, and as he's walking down the street, there's all the signs of, like, people being zombies, you know, chaos, cars crashed... He just doesn't notice because he's fucking hung over and just is going through the same routine. Yeah, um, like the, the beggar from the day before is like a zombie and trying to eat him. He's like, no, no, I haven't got any change, Dad. Like, I can't even afford a beer. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he goes off. To, oh, God. And yeah, so he, he goes to the corner, sort of comes back, the zombies appear, and then they realize his friend was saying he got bit by a, like a homeless person the other day. And they're connecting it to what they're saying on the TV, that the bite spreads the infection, and they're like, he goes up to take a piss in the upstairs bathroom, and sure enough, that guy's a zombie. Yeah. Um, and 
at this point he realizes I've got to go save my ex-girlfriend for whatever reason because love I guess yeah um, <laughs> and so he goes off and you know climbs up into the apartment where they're all holed up uh, and you know there's zombies milling around but not really doing anything and the girlfriend and her two roommates are there and uh, the, by the way the two roommates are a couple <laughs> I can't remember the actual dude's name so I'm just going to call him Roger um, the girlfriend's like and you call Roger a twat <laughs> Roger is a twat <laughs> he's right there. there there's a lot of very funny dialogue moments yeah. in this like a lot of really funny character interaction so anyway they he eventually convinces them that they have to leave the house and try to find like a plan to uh, to get somewhere. Oh, before he leaves for their place, he he makes a plan with his bro there, and they they go through a couple iterations of you know what to do. You know mm. they, they gotta hole up somewhere and and find somewhere to like let it all blow over, and they and it they, all ends with and have a beer. Yeah, and they decide <laughs> oh. on the pub. Wait, wait till, till it all blows over, that was the phrase. Yeah, wait till it all blows over, and it all ends with him holding up a beer and just, like, a smile on his face. Like, smile, yeah. Which no one could see that, because... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, anyway, so, they he eventually does convince him to leave. They escape, and they pick up, you know, his bro, and then they go to pick up his mother. Or do they pick up his mother? No, they pick up his mother second. And no, no, they pick him up her up first. You're right. Nope, you're right. You're right. I got him out of order. They they pick up his mother first and his stepdad, who his their his the stepdad is sick. But they think he's sick with the zombie plague. He just has like a really really bad cold. No, he, he, I, think I think he actually was. He, eventually, that's later. No, no, no I, I think, think he actually was. No, no. From the start. Nope. Okay. So they, I just think it didn't act that fast. No, they they play yeah they play it as a joke that he um because he gets he gets bitten in their driveway. Yeah, no, no, but I think he had already been bit. I think he was already gonna die, but I think that sped up because he was dying faster. Maybe, but I I don't think so. I, I think it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, scientists. like they because they play it for laughs that they think he's a zombie and he's like really eager to kill his stepdad, and then yeah. but then he's not he's not actually infected. He's actually fine. Just got like mm. a bit of a head cold. And then they, they take him out, and um, they notice that the, the, the father has a, a jag. And so the, the best friend is like, okay, I'll just wait in the car and watch the car. And by the time they get out, and he's like, where's the car? He's like, oh, I, you know, I binned it. And he points back, and the car's ran into a pole, like, down the street. And he's like, how did you do that? You were parked. <laughs> and so I guess we just have to take the jag. Yeah. And so they, they end up getting that car, and that's when they went to the girlfriend's house and pick her up, and so everyone's in the car. And the stepdad does get bit by a zombie in the driveway, and he has a heart-to-heart -heart moment with the son. Um, like, oh, I was hard on you because I was trying to make you a better man and all that cliche stuff. And then he dies and turns into a zombie. Mm. And um, they all have to jump out of the car because he's now a zombie in the car. And... Um, now they're all surrounded by zombies because they had to stop the car, and they're they're trying to figure out how to get out of this situation. And I think they end up leaving the car. Yeah, right? they gave two people's back gardens. And this is the the hot fuzz bit where like there's a series of fences, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, just take a shortcut," and he's like, he goes to leap over the fences like he does in Hot Fuzz, 
Yeah. Whereas Hot Fuzzy does it very competently and just leaps over every fence. In this one, he goes to the first fence, goes to vault it, and the fence just falls over. And yeah, he just, like, like his, his assistant in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. So a little reference there. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to think what happens next. None oh, they, they meet up with the they meet up with the other group. There's an other group of five people that are almost identical to their group of five people. Yes. And just gender swapped. Yeah. No, in fact, except the last guy, he's just another just fat, lazy dude. Yeah. And so they, it's it's like this other person that he met for like two seconds earlier in the movie that I guess they're friends. Yeah, they're ex college friends. Yeah. And so, he tells them where they're going. She hears this and just gives a little like uh okay good luck freaking uh I forgot the actor's name uh Sherlock Holmes assistant oh that guy yeah yeah he's in a few yeah he's in a few good things he was also in the Hobbit as the Hobbit he was (laughs) he was good in that too that's gonna annoy me um Martin Michael M. Buzanem I I don't know. I don't know actors' right, you, names. You, you just but <laughs> I'm shit with actors' names. Anyway, so they get to the front of the pub, but to get there, they realize that there's a giant crowd of zombies in between them and where they have to go, and so they decide to act like zombies, just like move slowly, groan, act all like janky and stuff like that, and just hope it works. And luckily, one of the the roommates is an acting student, and so she, you know, teaches them how to act like a zombie they get to the front of the pub and there's a bit of a confrontation they attract the attention of the zombies and um irish guy martin freeman sorry martin freeman is that his name yeah and the irish guy gets fed up and he's like oh god we gotta go in there quick and he smashes a window with a bin and um i kind of stand by that being the best thing but the thing is considering the scenario yeah, and the main character, Sean, should have just gone like... He, well, he knew there was a back entrance, but none of them were listening to him. Um, or And he just couldn't spit it out. Which, honestly, is this guy's problem for most of the movie. Most of the social yeah. issues that he ended up having was he just couldn't spit out words. I mean, if, if, if it was a sensible person anyway in this film, they wouldn't have gone to this pub in the first place anyway. No. Second of all, if they were in that position, they would have gone through that window, out the back door. Right. Out of a different place. Yeah. So, they do eventually get into the pub, hole up there, and they do this yep. because Sean runs off and selflessly distracts all the zombies by going, ah, look at me, and runs away, and everyone else gets inside. And they're holding up there, and they're like, oh, he's dead, he's dead, and, you know, don't, you know if he doesn't come back, you need to think of plans and fortify the place. And then he just shows up. He's like, oh, I made it back. I'm, you know, I, I lost them. I'm fine. Hmm. And, um... Uh, Shenanigans ensue. Yeah, they they find out that the Winchester that's hung above the bar is actually not only a real gun, but it's also loaded and still functional. Yep. And there's this whole thing. There's a whole sequence where they try to fire the gun and they suck at it so much because, like, all five of them are trying to figure out how to operate it. Like, I I don't know if they. I mean, obviously, it was intended because that's how how it looked. But like every single shot he fired, he he hit once. He fired, like, 16 shots on one of them hit. It's... And this... <laughs> this is, like... This is something... This is a scene that only a British person would believe. 
because rifles are one of the most accurate types of firearms out there. Mm. And I guarantee at that range, you could pick one up having never handled a firearm before in your life, and you could hit something in the head if, perfectly. If that was a pistol, fair enough. Like, someone who's never yeah. touched a gun before, if they picked up a pistol and were aiming at someone in a high-stress situation, I can imagine that many misses. A high-caliber pistol, I'd agree. Twenty-two, yeah. you could still hit him. But still, that, yeah. but that was my point. That, is, that scene annoyed me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the mother thing. Oof. That was, a, that was like the, the one oh, only, yeah, like, that was dark so, point. Like, his mother gets bitten, and then there's this really, really, like, oddly out-of-place dark scene where the Irish guy is trying to convince him that, oh, we need to kill her because she's going to turn. She's dead anyway. She just hasn't stopped moving. Well, is he, the right thing. He's but... right. And they have this big emotional scene where they have, like, a bit of a Mexican standoff where they're all, like, pointing weapons at each other. And then the mother does die and turn into a zombie. And then he, he shoots her, and um, he's like, oh, he has this really, like, sobbing moment of, like, oh, I had to shoot my mother and all this. And it, it's a really out-of-place scene compared to the rest of the movie. Because mm. even when people have died in this movie so far, it's been played for laughs. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you have this jarring emotional moment, and then another character dies very quickly afterwards. Yeah, the Irish guy he gets pulled out a window, and they literally rip his stomach open and like are pulling yeah, his intestines me, out. Well, before we start the movie, Alicia was like, "Yeah, there's one scene that I always just look away from the the, the TV whenever it happens," and I am totally the same. This scene is very visceral. Yeah. Meanwhile, so I just didn't look this. I like. I, I just watched it and I didn't You're okay any. with Viscera Yeah, it really doesn't bother me too much um, Like, I don't know, TV is too good at making things look realistic That's the thing, yeah when the gore gets yeah. really, really real That was one of the um, Oof, I can't do that To be fair, I, I was very recently desensitized to it by watching uh, Invincible because yeah, but Invincible's kind of it's animated. I mean, okay, I it's seen. animated, but it's realistically animated, and there is some brutal gore in that, like the, highly detailed gore. The closest comparison I can get to that is um, that superhero. Oh, the boys. The boys, and I was completely fine with everything from the boys. Yeah, Before, putting C four on a man's anal cavity was fine. Like it was, it was grim. But it was also just funny, and it wasn't that. It was just jam everywhere. It wasn't, like, yeah. bone or anything. This was, you're seeing somebody screaming, being pulled into a crowd, and literally being ripped apart alive. And I can I can yeah. see that being disturbing to watch. Yeah. I just <laughs> am old, jaded, and desensitized. <laughs> but one little mask popping up on a computer screen, and it's, whoa! Yeah, what this? It's a video game. I don't know, for some <laughs> reason, they, they, they hit me more. So he gets pulled out, and for some reason, he's clearly dead. His girlfriend goes crazy and tries to charge out the door after him. Hmm. Like and she's it gonna seem like she even likes him that much. No, it's it's clear it's clear that like she the only reason they're together is because he had the hots for this girl. This girl didn't have the hots for him. So when he got rejected, this other girl hooked up with him in college and just basically was she was she was his second choice. Yeah, and you know. They, they, yeah, it's just it's a she weird. She was happy with it, but like it was kind of sad. All of the relationships in this movie confused and kind of weirded me out. You didn't actually see her die. Well, she charged into a crowd of zombies after a, a corpse. So did Sean, though. 
True. But he's running away. True. But I think it's heavily implied she's dead. Yeah, probably. I mean... I like, like the thing she's about, because I actually didn't mind her character. She was a little bit annoying, but honestly, she was... De- she was I did like, actually like her, yeah. Like, she yeah. was probably... She was one of the most likable characters in the movie, I think. That's my headcanon. That's what I'm going on. Yeah. You know who one of the most annoying characters in the movie was? The guy that got ripped apart? I didn't mind him too much. Yeah. I was actually going to say Sean's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of there for being Sean's girlfriend. She doesn't really Bo- do anything. Both of the main characters were tepid. Like, they were just milk water. You like just... Not really. Okay. I... It, there's, there's a... A British character archetype I've noticed having watched a lot more UK films now. Mm. and TV shows and it's the archetype of like the the passive jaded jade, the <laughs> jaded passive like pansy of a man and Sean does get better in the later part of the movie but he's still got this weird like he's definitely the most ballsy of the group he is including his friend, friend who's more crazy than ballsy yeah I actually I, I didn't mind his I, I didn't like his friend at the beginning of the movie but he grew on me significantly yeah, as the movie went on it's good um yeah, it's, it's one of those movies where the characters aren't great but the comedy that the characters make is great oh perfect example of this that movie yesterday the um the mm. Beatles one yeah the way that main character and his love interest interact that annoyed oh, me for yeah, the exact same true. reason cause I just he had a lot less character than Sean did there he did which is why I actually uh, I enjoyed Sean as a character more than him. I didn't mm. just want to call him an idiot the entire movie, but it was the interactions between him and his girlfriend. I'm like, dude, where the fuck are your testicles? <laughs> anyway, sorry. So going on. Um, so those two die. They the yep. three of them kind of escape into the basement, but uh, best friend has gotten injured. Gets really fucking in. He gets ripped apart. Oh yeah, but he's still alive. But he somehow, yeah, he's still still going. So they get into yeah. the basement and um, they give him the the gun and light a cigarette and he's just and they they escape, you know, girlfriend and Sean, and he he has a last stand like fighting off the zombies, um, right? As they're breaking into the basement. Hmm. Um. Am I skipping over anything in that scene? I feel like there was something else. They were gonna shoot themselves. Oh right, and then yeah. They, they the lift worked. Yeah, they re- well they they realized they only had two bullets and there were three of them, mm. and so they they give the gun to the the best friend to you know hold up. I I did like the line that like, it's like oh can we can we hold them off with that? It's like well maybe if they line up. With. <laughs> 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 It's particularly funny to me if you know the kind of bullet a win- <laughs> like a, a lever-action Winchester fires. That's not going to penetrate more than one no. person. It's like a pretty small bullet, it's, isn't it? It's a small bullet and a smaller powder charge. Like, it, it essentially yeah. fires almost a pistol bullet. It's it's not it's not that big. I mean, it'll kill the guy. Oh, yeah, one person, but it's not going to go through them. Yeah, no. No <laughs> penetrating power. So I, I found that funny for a different reason. But yeah, yeah. so they the lift works. There's a big like uh, finale for that guy. Um, he has his his moment going out. You know his last stand, as it were. Girlfriend and him escape, and they're they're running out. And just then, a giant fucking army truck comes down the you know rolling down the street. Guys with guns mm. come out, and they just mow down zombies on mass. And the other girl, who they college friend who they met up with earlier, had made it to a station and brought the army in to try and rescue them. And um, 
Yeah, and then fast yeah, forward. It's kind of a shop ending. Yeah, and then they fast forward like a year, and they're doing documentaries about it. The world has recovered. Mm. Um, him and the this girlfriend. Is Sorry. That uh, I, I vaguely remember us having to do some kind of school thing on this at the end. Uh, and it was about how people turn horrible events to, to lighthearted things and like make the most out of a bad situation. It's a very British thing again, yeah. making the most out of a bad situation. It's it's a it's an Anglican thing, I think, in general. Like it's something mm. that you only really find in stuff like Commonwealth countries. Like or former yeah. Commonwealth countries, so you know UK, Australia. You see it to some extent in other places. And you had like that Jeremy Kyle episode on the. Um, what's the equivalent in America? Uh, probably. Um, what's his name? Bald guy, Doctor Phil. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where a woman's like, "Oh, but he I... might be a zombie, but I still love him." Yes. She had a British like, accent, by the way. She sleep with him. She did not have a country accent. <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry, I didn't want. I put on a bumpkin accent because I was thinking of Doc Phil. Um, but yeah, and, and then so it's a year on, and basically the world was, has gone back to normal, and they've, they're basically using the zombies as amusements and stuff. There's Takeshi's Castle, but with zombies. But with zombies, yeah, and that doesn't really exist in the the US, so I should probably clarify that. Uh, it doesn't exist in the UK, to be fair. Yeah, it was a Japanese show that like came over to the UK for a few years, and then I never made it over here. Cool. But it was like a, a giant, like Charles. it was Sorry. it was a giant, like obstacle course game show. Think yeah. like a, like a, a a less refined version of like um, American Ninja or whatever it's called. I mean, you got Total Wipeout. No, wait, Total Wipeout is a British thing. It is. You have British an American thing. equivalent to Total Wipeout, yeah. don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, and then he's with the girlfriend, and they all live happily ever after, except all the people that died. And then he goes off the shed. Oh, that's right, and his best friend is a zombie in the shed, and he's playing video games with him. He's got his, his best friend as a zombie chained up in the shed. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's a nice line. They're still, like, together. Yeah. He, like, he, he's still, like, he's living with the girlfriend in the house only, but he's still got his bro in the shed. And uh, it does actually make me anxious. I know it's just a comedy. I know it's the end of the film. But, but it's still, like... Like yeah, he could bite you. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, am I that much of a pussy that I'm like, I, I know that it's just all fictional and bollocks and finished, but <coughs> it makes me a little bit anxious each time. Yeah, it's still funny. Yeah. It is. I mean, and it is a funny movie. There's there's gory bits. Um, you know, those bother you. Probably not, not necessarily the thing for you. But it was entertaining. You can skip past the gory bit, like I did. Honestly, it's one gory bit really in the whole film. Yeah. Um, I was actually watching. I've been on a Shadowversity kick recently, a YouTuber who does, like, reviews on medieval stuff. Yeah. And he does a lot of these ones where it's, like, he introduces fiction into it and sees how things would work, right? Yeah. And he brought up a very good point. If zombies were around in a medieval era, they would be fucking easy to deal with. Because you're an armor. Because you're an armor. Like, yeah. is a zombie seed able to get through even chainmail? I doubt it. Like, a, a fucking guy in plate armor could just walk into a crowd of, like, 20 zombies, take his fucking time, just, like, shank him in the fucking head. This actually, um, bit of a side tangent and, um, another nerdy moment. At the D&D game that I play on Tuesdays, Yeah. um, we ended up fighting these frog people that if you 
think like the the poison frogs like if you touch their skin you get poisoned mm. but these ones have different effects like if you touch certain ones you'll be like hypnotically entranced by right. them and they can order you to do stuff some of them will like paralyze you so on and so forth <laughs> like the first thing that i my mind went to was that you touch a frog and you become drunk <laughs> <laughs> But they, um, it was funny because, like, I brought this up to, to Jesse. I was like, uh, my character is cursed and stuck inside a magical suit of plate armor that he can't take off. So am I immune to this shit? And he's like, oh. Yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if it's like the secretions, then that could easily, well, no, that could get between the plates. My, like, think, like, my character is completely in encased in, like, medieval power armor, essentially. Right. And I can't There's take it like off. holes. Yeah, like, a, there's an eye slot. Yeah, but even, like, the plates would have, like... Yeah, you'd have to I mean, squeeze the frog leverage. over my character to get it to go in. Okay, we're, this is, we're getting into, like, a little bit of a... <laughs> just imagine the dude doing the, the... The soul thing. Oh, yeah, the guy that... The, 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 the... <laughs> With a frog, yeah. Sorry, no one can see that. So oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Although I'm... But, maybe, yeah. Could scream. Like, everyone's always, like, doomsday crapper. How are we going to deal with the zombie apocalypse? You just have a suit of armor, I feel like you're fucking sorted. Unless it's one of the zombies that, like, don't care about biting, they just, like, to rip you apart. But even then, ripping someone apart when they're in, like, proper, secure armor... You know... It's going pretty tough. The, the speculation, or the, the, the post, like, plot synopsis part of this segment has gone into a weird direction, and I don't know how I didn't think it would just devolve into us talking about zombie apocalypses. I mean, we haven't talked about zombies much on this podcast, and I feel like they're a pretty extensive topic. They are a pretty extensive topic, but I hate them. I think they're fucking yeah. dumb, and they... Keep in mind, I went to college at, like, the, the golden era of, like, zombie, like, literature and stuff. It was when there was, there was classic literature with zombies in it. There were a million TV shows with zombies in it. Every video game had zombies in it. Yeah. I burnt out on zombies by the time I was 21. Oh, I totally agree. But there hasn't been a zombie, a good zombie production in years, right? Hmm. And just recently, they started. The um, Left for Dead just released a new zombie game. I think. I think it's the the creators of Left for Dead, and obviously that is one of the pinnacles of zombie games, right? Yeah. So that, I believe there's actually going to be a resurgence of zombie games now. Halo had a, a zombie game mode that was pretty good. It started I mean, as called... well. Sorry. So it started as a, a custom game in Halo 2, uh, where you'd have a mm. uh, green team would be the zombies, red team would be uh, the humans, and the humans were only allowed to use pistols and shotguns, uh, the zombies were only allowed to use energy swords, really? the zombies yeah. moved fast, but they had no shields, so a single headshot would kill them um, mm. with the pistol or a blow to the chest with a shotgun. And so you could, even if they were charging you with the sword, if you were quick enough, you could kill them. Um, and then the humans would hole up, and every time a human got killed, they would have to manually switch to the other team. It was so it was such a popular yeah. custom game that they they made it an actual game type in subsequent Halo games, and Halo Three, and Halo Four, and Reach, and everything. Um, yeah, the most difficult thing about putting zombies in a game or a story is the balancing. Because I mean, okay, so going back briefly to the the medieval thing with zombies, not only did they have armor, they had fucking castles. Zombies can't climb walls. They can't break down massive gates. Like, if you're doing it in a medieval era, you'd have to make the zombies so incredibly powerful I that it would be stupid. I thought of something that I'm going to have to... The thing is, the, the way that zombies would actually be effective in a medieval setting 
is by taking over villages because villages are fairly they're not very well defended none of the people there really have armor well i'm saying like because we're talking about castles and knights and things in in a village they go they go after the infect the peasantry and then even if you you kill them all off if a big enough infection happens then the the gentry and the knights and stuff starve because there's no one to work the land and get the food yeah absolutely the the, i mean the peasantry a lot of peasantry wouldn't have armor. A lot of peasantry would have armor, but it would be bad armor. Yeah, it'd be, it it'd be just be like little pieces of like bits of leather yeah, and passed down. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe some chainmail if they were well off. That being said, I feel like a peasant from medieval era is about as tough as a. <laughs> I mean, that's a true. Pretty strong guy these days. <laughs> I feel like our standards have dropped for uh, physical that, combat. Got that far- farmer strength. Farmer bod, yeah. Um, they they do like that's because if you think about it like most workouts like even people who do like you know big weightlifting workouts and stuff today and do a lot of build up like th- it's a different kind of like muscle structure that you're building because mm-hmm. you're you're doing like short intense bursts but like wouldn't have stamina yeah exactly you'd if you're working work on a farm a yeah yeah you're you're using strength over a long period of time so you got that endurance um. We how did we get here from zombie apocalypses? How did we get it's here from Shaun of the Dead? Zombies! It's all the zombies, man. All anyway, right. it is actually gone over now. Yeah, we have <laughs> gone over quite a bit, and I do want to save enough time because I want to talk about this thing in segment three. So, Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on segment three, our media segment, and I <coughs> just had something go down the wrong way in my throat <coughs> right as I did that intro. Right, maybe it went down the wrong way. God damn it. Um, Sorry. So we're trying out a segment that we did try briefly previously, and it didn't actually... Well, it probably would have been good, but the recording yeah. fucked up, and we had to throw out the entire thing. We, we cocked it up several times over. And it just... By the, them, yeah. yeah. By the end of it, we're just sick of it. Yeah. So what this is, is we're actually going through an article. Uh, we, we had been going through one about, uh, what was, the movie? was it Love Actually? Um, yeah, think... so Shit Actually, it was the article was called. Yeah, and it was by this very miserable woman who just had no... Very extremist views on, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Socioeconomic progressiveness or something? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, but this one was an article that was sent to me um, by a friend of mine that I feel like I needed to... Uh, like It would be good content for the podcast, because it's related to video games. Indeed. Uh, it is actually from the, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Um, famously a... Well, it used to be a good paper uh, that kind of followed a lot of news stations in the modern day and just gotten very, very, very political. Um... Yeah, and are they doing it? Have they just gone down that rabbit hole of you know? What's the? There's a phrase. I think it's like misery makes clicks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going for the yeah, going for the the misery. But it's more than that. They also had that big thing back in 2017 where they started going after YouTubers. um, Right. That's not a popular thing. Yeah, putting out hit pieces on them. They were so popular that YouTubers got a few YouTubers. It's true, but they they were responsible for actually forcing advertisers off of YouTube. 
Um, so like a lot of people on YouTube weren't able to, mm. you know, make it as good of a living as they were previous to that, or they had to seriously moderate their content if they wanted to. None of that has anything to do with us. This article is titled, Digital Addictions Are Drowning Us in Dopamine. Rising rates of depression and anxiety in wealthy countries like the U.S. may be a result of our brains getting hooked on neurotransmitter associated with pleasure. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, dopamine is the primary chemical in the brain that it makes you feel happy. When you feel happy, it's because dopamine is being released in your brain and your neurons are picking that yeah. up. And Just from that initial statement, what your, uh, I mean, actually, you know, you've read the whole article, so maybe it's not me that should be giving my initial so thoughts. I've only skimmed the article. I know most of their points in this, but I haven't, I haven't really I haven't done a thorough read-through of it. So I know basically what they're arguing in this, but I haven't actually given it a real look through. But just from that that first bit, um, yeah, my my thinking is that's that's somewhat true. Like, yeah. So we are the two of us, by all definition, are biased. Yeah. I'm saying now whether, but I like to think we're good judges of character. We can set our own things aside. I. So so it's essentially saying we're getting too much pleasure out of video games or we should be getting pleasure out of the rest of life. Well, they, they, they do go on to talk about video games in the article, but just from the title, they say digital addiction. Digital. So they're talking about video games, social media. Um, do you think they're including television in that? Probably not. I don't think they are. I, I don't think, think they are either. Because we've spoken about this quite recently, where we said, yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are like, video games are really bad for you, it'll kill your soul. Yeah, and those people and sit on the couch like and... like, yeah. five hours watching TV every day. Right, exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say that one side is right or wrong. I think, yeah, I, if, if computers weren't a thing in my life, I'm sure I would have got a great deal of things done more. Yeah. But at the same time, Fighting on both sides, uh, I would not have the friends that I have today. I probably would not be with the girl I'm with, mm. which also made me very happy. And computer games are, and some people will see this as a bad thing, some people will say it's a good thing, uh, a form of escapism where if I'm really stressed, if I'm having a really shit day, computer games genuinely. They calm me right down. They make me feel better. Well, they they do, and I yeah. think that they're they're a good outlet for a lot of people. The problem, and I think we'll we'll get into the we will actually read the article, but just first thoughts before we get into this to set a baseline for where we are. Video games do provide an escape for a lot of people. I think when I when I got sent this article before I even read it, one of my first uh, responses was that you know, I think it's um. As, as a guy, you kind of have that need to go out and do something, accomplish something, and in a world that isn't, like, it's not like medieval times. There aren't wars going on, there aren't, well, there are wars going on, but they're they're not, like, they're not the but wars happening of previous... Fortnite, not... <laughs> no, what I mean is they're not, like, the big epic things of previous eras. And so, yeah. whereas this, like, aggression that is just naturally part of being a guy, you know, Whereas it might come out in very vile and toxic ways, video games are a good outlet for that. Like, I know what you were saying, like, you know, blowing off stress. Juan, Juan and I were, um, 
talking earlier this week, we were playing Splitgate, or Juan actually messaged me, and Raymond was like, hey, let's play some Splitgate, and it was because he'd had a very stressful week, I'd had a very stressful week so far, and it was like, I just want to, like, turn my brain off and shoot something. Yeah. And it's a good, and you feel better after that. You go through, you have, like, a competitive game, and... I feel like someone's going to take that sentence... Yeah take, it, it's, yeah, take it in a very bad way. Because that's, the moment someone says, I just want to relieve stress by shooting something, that doesn't mean Kaiser's wanting to go and hurt anyone. Yeah, no, and honestly, if anyone who's who's been to, like, a shooting range, it's a really relaxing thing to do. Like, you just, you know, you go in there, buy a box of ammo, put up some targets, you know, take a few shots, and it's just, mm. it's cathartic. It's relaxing. It's a bit of fun. It's just yeah. an adult game, I guess. Well, exactly. It's, why, of... You know, why do people play, like, you know, football? Why do people play basketball? They do it because it feels good to, you know, do something physical and get yeah. better at a skill, even if that skill is digital. Alright, let's read what these people say before we yes. judge them Go any on. further. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so the article is written by Anna Lem... Lembeck? L-E-M-B-K-E. Lembeke. 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 Uh, whatever. Lembeke. Lembeke. Anyway. <clears throat> Uh, so, starts off, a patient of mine, apparently, oh, is there an about the author in this somewhere? A senior psychiatrist. Yeah, it sounds like there's some kind of a psychiatrist. Um, oh, oh, I actually can't read the whole article. Um, so this is just going to be, but... A patient of mine, a bright and thoughtful young man in his early 20s, came to me, or came to see me for debilitating anxiety and depression. He had okay. dropped out of college and was living with his parents. He was vaguely contemplating suicide. He was also playing video games most of every day and late into the evening. So, right off this the bat, I'm, I'm just saying, saying now this is not because, because of video games. No, it's not. This is because <laughs> this person, they, they, they lack purpose in their life. Like, well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay if, if they, they dropped, dropped out of I think this, this sounds, sounds like a story I've a million fucking times. times. This, this sounds, sounds like they're very stressed, stressed from school. It, it sounds, I mean, if anything, it sounds like the games, games were released from that stress. And yeah. Without the videos, dare I say, maybe, maybe something worse would have happened. Maybe they would have just dropped out of college. Maybe they would have done the forever sleep thing. Yeah, they would have harmed themselves in some way. Um, I mean, if they're having a really negative time on life, I can see why that wouldn't help. Yeah. But equally, I feel like it's very easy to avoid those places online. And I've, like, you know, I think we've both experienced stuff like this in our lives. Oh, like, yeah. if you've, like, you know, everyone has, like, um, you know, moments of depression, moments of just, like, where life just seems to be shitting on you, where there's yep. so much stress. And things like this, just the same way that, like, you know, sports, exercise, you know, reading, they're a way for you to just get away from that stress, get away from that, like, the dark, you know, depressed mood for a little bit, and you let, let your brain, like, recharge a little bit, in a way. Yeah. But you're right, if it, it does, depends on the game, though. I, I doubt CSGO is like that. <laughs> does she uh, give any other um, reasons why he might be in a bad mood? Yeah, oh, there's, there's more to this. So, okay. <clears throat> 20 years ago, the first thing I would have done for a patient like this was prescribe an antidepressant. Today, I recommended something altogether different. A dopamine fast. I suggested that he abstain from all screens, including video games, for one month. Over the course of my career as a psychiatrist, 
I have seen more and more patients who suffer from depression and anxiety, including otherwise healthy young, uh, including otherwise healthy young people with loving families, elite educations, and relative wealth. Their problem isn't trauma, social dislocation, or poverty. It's too much dopamine, a chemical produced in the brain that functions as a neurotransmitter associated with the feelings of pleasure and reward. So, right here, this is so. This is why I think the video games are just part of it. But you mm-hmm. could say the same thing with social media. The people who are on Instagram just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. The people who are on yeah. Twitter, they're 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 getting that dopamine hit. I, I agree. I think too much screen time is a bad thing, and that is. My hypocritical me, because believe me, I spend a lot of time on the computer. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not good for me. And when it turns out, <coughs> oof, what's crap? Um, when, when you're like working a job that involves using a computer, and then your free time you're also spending on the computer, yeah, it is bad. Yeah. And. I try to take a lot of breaks from the computer, like just every hour, just do something else for a minute if you yeah, can. Exactly. Well, it's, but sorry, go on. I was, was going to say the thing, thing that I really think is a lot worse than just come being on digital network at any time, in particular, are mobile phones. I think they handle a lot more towards the social media side, and I think social media is fucking terrible yep. generally like I use Discord uh, where I have a close group of friends that I talk to I am not I, I kind of years ago I kind of disconnect myself from any of these mass media um, platforms because yeah. honestly I don't think well, we've <laughs> we've talked about this previously like I used to have a Facebook account and I thought yep. Facebook was stupid even when I got it. I liked it in the beginning because it was just ba- basically people shitposting. And yep. it was small groups of people. It was mostly college students when it first came out. I think you actually had to have like a college email for them to give you an account on it. It was college students to begin with. And then they mm. expanded it further and further and further. And in early 2020, when I went to Japan for work, I, um, I didn't go log into Facebook at all during that trip. I'd already barely been using Facebook at that point but I still logged in there and every now and again. Um, but when I got back, I hadn't used it in about a week and I felt like really good. And I just was like, fuck it. I, you know, deleted all the links, logged out on all my computers so I couldn't log back in easily and didn't touch it. It's been, and for my mental health, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Cause every time I logged in there, I just felt like everything I looked at was just pissing me off. It also probably, probably the, the biggest, biggest thing that is, is terrible about phones is the whole FOMO thing, the, the fear of missing out. Yeah. How often have you woken up in the middle of the night and the first thing you've done, subconsciously, is go over to your bedside table, check if you've got any notifications. It's yeah. the middle of the night, no one's messaging you. It's it's not going to happen. But you're like, oh god, what's someone messaging me? And they've been waiting for like hours for you to reply. Yeah, it's, and there there is that, and I think it's what it comes down to. I think is um, you've basically gone from where evolution doesn't happen that quickly, right? So we've gone within a 50-year-ish period, probably less than that, really, more like 20 or 30 years. Um, from we've gone from basically just having people around you who you're interacting with to suddenly 
you're interacting potentially with hundreds or thousands of people because you're you're on the internet you're all connected yeah. through social media some a brain that was only designed to deal with like maybe 500 people at most because that would be your tribe and your village and the neighboring tribes mm-hmm. is now interacting with potentially thousands or millions of people and it's just and it makes it worse with a phone because like if i if i go outside and i'm hanging out with a few people you know say i'm hanging out with you and a couple other people and i'm i say something and um half of you are like oh okay yeah it's pretty pretty funny it's pretty good and the other half of you oh just fuck off like 50 50 i've got two people telling me to fuck off i've got two people telling me oh that was pretty cool brain's okay to deal with that now you say something dumb online and you've got like 5,000 people who are saying that's bullshit and that's stupid and you've got 5,000 mm. your your brain is just overwhelmed because that's the entire world coming after you and there's whole new safety measures like if you're talking to someone in a pub chances are let's say you offend them right Yeah. you're yeah. like oh sorry I didn't mean that Well, because in, in person there's always that at least as a dude there's always that implicit like implication that there could be violence if you push it too far right but, but yeah on. online you say something that someone misreads just twists it on purpose and instead of saying actually i'm not really comfortable with you saying that or you know that's kind of a, a bit rude dude yeah you know you fire back it goes straight to your hellspawn <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm putting that nicely. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they throw some vile stuff back at you, and you don't really have a chance for a bottle because they already hate you, they already made that mind about you. You can't change that. And it's not just one person. Like you said, it's 5,000 people. Yeah, and you've got like stuff flying in from all over the place. I remember this conversation a few years back, um, and one of the points I, I was making, so it was, it was an argument that I was, it wasn't even an argument, one of my friends had posted a, uh, I was on Facebook, and this was on like 2015, 2014, I want to say. Mm. One of my friends had posted an article, and it was, it was regarding like, um, you know, a study that had come out about climate change and stuff like that. And um, I just, I replied underneath it, and because uh, he, he put it out, cause, you know, very sincerely, like, oh, this is very concerning and, and whatnot, and it was something about how the world's going to end in 2018, here we are in 2021. And um, uh, my reply was kind of tongue-in-cheek, just saying like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, back in the 70s they called it global cooling, then it was global warming, now it's climate change. They just keep changing the name when they're wrong. Um, <laughs> and my, my point is that like, I, I, I hate this idea that science is uh, something that's governed by consensus. It's not. The whole idea, like falsification is as critical to the scientific method as proving something. When you prove something isn't true, it's just as important as when you prove something is true. So when somebody comes out with a new theory like this, what should happen is you should have a bunch of scientists trying to prove it is true, and you should have a bunch Mm. of scientists trying to prove it isn't true. And that was the point I was trying to make. But one of his friends, who I didn't know, was somebody he he met in the military, jumped on, just was like, immediately on me. He was was talking about, like, uh, he was talking about Fox News, he was talking about all this. I'm like, and I responded to him like, dude, who are you talking to? Because it's clearly not me. Like, I didn't say any of this shit. Like, right. Like, I'm an engineer. I had to take, like, courses into the scientific method. Like, I, 
I didn't say this in the article, but this is what I'm thinking. I'm just or in the response to him, I was just like, I, I'm just making a point about science and how it should be conducted. Right, and and he just immediately thought I was some like he had this image of the the person who would question this article in his head, and he just pasted that image onto me. And in a purely text-based media, like if we were face to face, the conversation would have gone like, yeah, I would have said that. He would have made a counterpoint. I would have clarified and said, no, I'm not into all that other weird shit. I'm just making these points. And then it would have de-escalated. But online, this guy, and I kept trying to de-escalate it online, but every time I said something, he would just, again, go with one of these weird, like, attacks, like, assuming that I was this archetype that he'd read about on the internet. Hmm. And you get, you do get that with, and this, this article is mostly about video games and stuff, but social media I think is is also a very big culprit of this um, alright so I, I want to keep going with this do you have any any other points on where we were or uh, no I'm good okay um, I, glad I turned the brightness up on my monitor by the way for the people who can't see this because I'm not putting the video on um, <laughs> we're both wearing aviators yeah um, one of days you're when, saying. Yeah. When we do something we enjoy, like playing video games for my patients, the brain releases a little bit of dopamine and we feel good. But one of the most important discoveries in the field of neuroscience in the past 75 years is that pleasure and pain are processes in the same parts of the brain and that the brain tries hard to keep them in balance. Whenever it tips in one direction, it will try hard to restore the balance, which neuroscientists called homeostasis by tipping it in the other. Uh, as soon as dopamine is released, the brain adapts to it by redirecting, or sorry, reducing or downregulating the number of dopamine rece uh, receptors that are stimulated. This causes the brain to level out by tipping to the side of the. So this is yeah, this is fairly basic neuroscience. I, I remember studying this in college. It, basically, yeah, it's it's like anything else. It's like you know, if you take a drug, or if you drink, or if you smoke, you build up a tolerance to whatever is in it. It's the same yeah. thing with neurotransmitters. Like if you're, uh, sorry, sorry, like if you're constantly doing some, so like uh, people who like binge eat chocolate, like mm. it doesn't have the same effect as somebody who has it like once every few weeks because it's it's only there for those little little bits. I've been um, watching a lot of uh, this religious channel on YouTube recently. And the thing that keeps coming to my mind is when they say, um, what is it, you're, you're a slave to, uh, what's the word, pleasures. Um, I mean, God. Pleasures? Yeah, it's not the right word, but, yeah, like... Indulgence? Maybe? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's a sin to, like, be... It's gluttony, yeah. Glut kind of, gluttony yeah. isn't just overeating, it's just overindulging in general. Exactly, like they're saying, um, that's why they don't like people, they don't, like, they're okay with, but they're not a massive fan of people just having... Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of YouTube friendly word, fuck it. Not a massive fan of people just having sex without having children, right? Yeah. Well, it's... It's, um... It, well, it's like, the same thing with chocolate we, chip cookies. Yeah, we've said this before, it's... Vices aren't necessarily bad for you, but you need to moderate them. Yeah. Like, you don't... 
you know, like you might really like this one type of food, but you don't eat it all the time. You might mm. you might enjoy uh, you know watching some spicy stuff on a <laughs> on a certain hub site on the internet, but if you do it on every CJ sing- podcast. <laughs> That's right, I'm talking about you, dinosaur apples. Not not, not the tacos. Um, But if you do it every single day, you get get hooked because your brain is used to that, like, okay, dopamine hit. Okay, dopamine hit. It's the same thing with, like, um, with, with, like, you know, booze or drugs. Like, people who smoke pot or, like, who drink, it's like, yes, it feels feels good if you have, like, uh, you know, drink at the end of the day calling it quits and it's like ah i've had a good day have a beer end of the day but if you drink it all day it just it has nothing the same yeah, thing with, with like pot like if you're like i knew this i worked with this one girl that every single day after work she would get to her car and then immediately start smoking pot on her way home which by the way is illegal she shouldn't have been driving but every single day should do that and so should have to have more and more and more of it. And it's the same it's the same thing with anything that's gonna hit those pleasure receptors in your brain. Yeah, it's, it's like, like classic classic saying too much of a good thing makes you sick. Yeah. Um does, does the article, article go on I'm just where we have, have another article. The the article the article does go on further. Unfortunately I have to pay four dollars to the Wall Street Journal to actually get it really? to go further. Um, Oof. Three articles, four dollars. That's like a whole newspaper. I guess they'd probably give you a whole newspaper worth. But Jesus, I just saw something real quick. Go on. Phil for me. Uh, Should I start on the next? No, not yet. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So, so like, the equivalent of what we're doing right now for the podcast is like, imagine like fifty years ago or whatever. The equivalent of this would be if we sent around, like, a comedy newspaper to everyone who subscribed, but for a very minimal price on our part. And not only does it just go to the local village, it's going for the whole fucking world. Like, this is how crazy the last 50 years have been. Yeah. Like, the advancements, compared to, like, the medieval era, took hundreds of, wait, was it 100 years, or was it more than that? Much more. If you're talking about like the entire medieval period, the uh, the early and late medieval period, it goes for close to a thousand, actually. Yeah, and think about the advancements. Don't go wrong with the big advancements, but compared to the advancements from a hundred years in this day and age, it's just mad. Have you found what you're looking for? Yeah. So. I'm messaging the person who sent me the article. They actually have a Wall Street Journal account, so I'm asking if they could just copy and paste oh, it to me. I see. Okay. <laughs> we can we can well, start talking about what you wanted to talk about, yeah, and then we'll come back to this. Yeah, because I also don't want so, just to have like dead air on the podcast. This is a uh, an article I found. A lot more lighthearted. Well, I say lighthearted. Some people might say more worrying. <laughs> I'd say more worrying, having read the headline. You sent me the yes. headline for it. Uh, so, <laughs> all the podcasts, I was looking for just a fun article to read. Um, here's the headline. We salute the team furries taking over this Kennedy High School. Concerned parents say the furries are wearing cat ears, tails, and leashes to school. Alright. 
possible what's fucked up, alright? Particularly the last item in that list. It's teenagers. So, okay, teenagers, we all know how teenagers can be. This would never, ever be allowed in any of the schools I have ever heard of when I was growing up. Same. Um, they wouldn't even let us bring so, fucking Pokemon cards to school. The American high school experience in 2021 is plagued. I'm reading from Dark Horse. In 2021, is plagued by uncertainty in the face of an ongoing pandemic. Agro anti dad, no anti mask dads, TikTok drama, the usual academic hur- hurdles, and furries. Oh, sorry. This is relevant to the the segment we just got off of TikTok. Dumb proves that humanity was a mistake. Oh, it's the TikTok just... version of Twitter. It's so bad. Okay. According to NBC affiliate, uh, I don't know what initials stand for, parents and students alike are concerned about a group of high school students... Pretty sure it stands for uh, National Broadcast Company. It's, a, it's an no, American... WLWT. Oh, I have no idea then. Yeah. Um, attending school acting... Attending school, acting like and dressing as cats. So not just dressing up, but acting like cats as well. Uh, one woman who spoke to the outlets, the grandmother of two children who attended the high school, said the trend began last year, but seemed to become more popular when students returned to class. Yeah, whatever. Um, apparently, from what I understand, like this is the grandmother talking, by the way. Apparently, from what I understand, this is going to be a great take. This is going to be a great take. <laughs> the grandmother, who asked to remain anonymous, I wonder why, told us, They identify with animals. These people will hiss at you or scratch at you if they don't like something that you're doing. <laughs> she said it's not a new problem. I was hearing rumblings of this last year, but it got really bad when they went back to school this year. I have two grandkids in school, and my grandkids didn't want to go to school anymore. <laughs> You can fucking blame them. That's my words, not hers. She said... Are you going to act like cats? We're going to neuter and spay you. Get out of here. <laughs> she said... The issue gained attention on social media once people started sharing photos and videos of the feline costumes and behavior. Started getting videos and messages from kids, and I said, okay, I'm going to post this so parents know what's going on. Uh, there was a petition... The students are told they cannot wear hats or Budweiser shirts in school, but they can wear cat ears, cat tails, masks, leashes. It just doesn't make sense. They can't. Says. Well, I... okay. What's wrong with particularly Budweiser shirts? Like it's a, because, a meme it, like, I, I did say this earlier. America has a weird relationship with alcohol. Um, so oh, yeah. the the idea of uh, a child wearing a alcohol paraphernalia shirt is, you know, like, we got in trouble in college, like, so the drinking age is 21 over here, and most, most kids in my dorm were 18 or 20, or 18 or 19, my freshman year, so none of them were drink, legal drinking age, um, to, like, to go out to a bar and stuff, in some states they could, you know, drink at home, but they, um, like, one of the guys used a giant, like, Budweiser box to carry his stuff into the dorm, like a, mm. like a big crate, like, like a, a 32 pack of beer, and um, we got a big angry email sent out about one of the residence hall people. Uh, so the, the officers that watched the, the hall going like, hey, this, is, this isn't cool. Like, we're not going to be, like, we're okay with people being subtle about it. But 
this is this is just flying in our face that we have this you know the the beer box here i'm like dude we're all over 18 calm the fuck down like and he, it wasn't even like there was actual beer in the dorm it was just like he carried his shit in in the box anyway sorry go on so i just read like it's one of it's one paragraph <laughs> still this, so- this sounds like a small group of nerdy, socially awkward kids. No, I'm sorry, anyone who's going to school wearing a leash is not a socially awkward kid. No. Uh, who are going through a phase. The Venn diagram between these kids and the kids who Naruto run through the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> That's word for word. <laughs> the Venn diagram between these kids and the kids who Naruto run through the hallways <laughs> is, I would guess, basically a circle. <laughs> and, they're probably, and they are probably harmless. But no, they're, they're say, fucking ninjas. They're not harmless. <laughs> they can fucking kill you. <laughs> In this article, they said oh. these kids were not just, like, hissing and scratching. They were actually also biting people. That's not harmless to me. No, that's not harmless. I, why, are, why are these kids okay? It's COVID days, baby. I mean, they're not okay, clearly. There's always been some teen craze that people inevitably blow out of proportion. Remember Vampire Kids post-Twilight? I am sorry, but no, that was never a thing. Like, maybe, like, dressing up as a vampire is basically just a brooding... That's just a unit emo. Yeah. It's an emo kid, by a different name. Or when 90s teens had a thing for pacifiers. What, like, the, the prog rock kind of... No, that was because... Pa- pacifiers? That was, no, so, th- this person is a fucking idiot. The reason that that thing came up with the pacifiers is because people would put drugs. They would lace the pacifier with drugs, like ecstasy and right. stuff, and they would have the pacifier in their mouth and be... And it, it became I, I like a the safety pins. I don't know. Why. It become like a weird style thing. Like it, it's like anything else. It starts off like really hardcore, and then normal people adapt it, and then it becomes very tepid. But that's where that came from. It was like a, it was a rave and drug thing. There's so the next part. Please let these weirdos do their thing. I don't know who the fuck is saying this, by the way. Unless they're actually harming their classmates, I can see no. Cl- they're biting them. Yeah, harm. During a pandemic, you fucking idiot. Sorry. <laughs> and maybe let the kids wear hats in class, too. Who cares? Maybe, maybe they're, they're, they're zombies. Like, oh. those other kids are going to catch furry because they've been bitten. They finish this line with, Dress codes are mostly nonsensical anyway. Bullshit. Dress codes no. are not nonsensical. They I'm aren't. sorry. Yeah. And what follows this paragraph is a YouTube video, which I'm not going to click on, Entitled on all levels except physical, I am a wolf, and it's a fucking dude. Just his fucking face. <laughs> um, it's just gonna be him howling. Yeah, I am. Uh, that's that's it for this article. Uh, sadly. All right. <laughs> this this goes on to like a larger topic, one that I am annoyed by. I'm like I'm convinced now. I do fully plan in the, the course of my life, settle down, have a family, eventually have kids. I don't want them going to public school after all the shit that I see going on now. Like, yeah. I thought public school was bad when I was there. Like, public school is like, you, know, you go there and you, like, 
It's typically a shitty education, but the honors classes were kind of good most of the time. Um, and a couple teachers were good. A couple didn't give a fuck. But, like, I went through and I, like... I, I, but the thing is... I, but this now is not, this is not the kids' fault. I don't want to say this right now. This is not no. the kids' fault. This is the fault of the adults that aren't putting their fucking foot down. This is like when you watch one of these programs on TV where like dogs behaving badly, and it's it's never the dog's fault, right? No, it's because the, it's the fucking owner being a moron. All right, real talk. The parents are wrong. Real talk. In this case, like and the classroom. Yeah. Sorry. They anything young, be it a child, be it a pet, whatever, they need discipline. Yeah. Like, if they have no discipline in their lives, they're going to grow up to be fucking just useless, essentially. And that's what school is for. Yeah. School and parenting. The parents should be, like, reinforcing this at home. Like, yeah. if I Who got... fuck lets their kid go to school with a leash around their neck? I literally, like, if I, you know, if I acted like a, like a dick in school, like, if a teacher acted like a dick, my parents had my back. But if I was the one acting a fool, no, my parents were on my ass. If I brought home a grade that was, like, I brought home a grade that was a C one time, which is still passing the class, and I had a long talk with my parents. Like, they were not happy. And and you, that set me up for success for the rest of my... Because I, you know, I, I took that attitude on because that, that discipline was put into my mind at a young age. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. People no. think that if you're getting told off, then your parents are bad for telling yeah, you. Yeah, no, there, there's a difference between discipline and abuse. And I, that's a yeah. line that I feel like a lot of people do not get. It's like, the, the abuse is, you know, you're just, for no, for no fucking reason, you're just, you're laying hands on your kid. Discipline is you teaching them how to have, like, a good structured life. Like, you gotta, you know, make sure you eat properly. Make sure, you know, you get out and get some sunshine. Make sure that you're doing your work. Make sure that you're respecting the people around you. Like, that's a good thing to have in your life. And you got to realize, like, people are not born good. They're born fucking animals. Yeah, it's it's like the, the whole, the, the, I call it the, the car scenario. Hmm. Like, your kids are messing around on the street in the middle of the road. They're going to be in for fucking hell from me. Yeah. Because anything that I do is never going to be as worse as them getting hit by a car. And if they never do it again, it's worth it. Yeah. Now, I remember, like, so my, my parents were very, very hands-off. It was mostly, you know, talking. I, think, I can only yeah. remember one time in my entire time growing up that I got hit. Yeah. And it was it wasn't even my dad. It was my mother. My dad never like touched me. He was he was good about that. Like he'd get angry if I did something really fucked up, but he would you know he'd never hit me. Mm. There was one time, and I, I I can't even remember what I did, but it was something really messed up. I said something to my mother that was just vile, and I was like yeah. maybe six seven years old, and she slapped me across the face, and I still remember this because like immediately after she did that. She, like, like got down on her knees and, like, hugged me and started crying because she, like, was so mad that she had, you know, hit me at herself. And I remember that because that, that, like, and it ingrained itself in my head that, like, wow, I, I was a really bad person in that moment. Like, yeah. that, that was something really fucked up that I just did. And th that is important. It's important to a child's development to, like, 
to like understand like because there are things that human beings don't just naturally progress into adults they need to like be built up into adults mm. it's, it's like, like hey when when i was very young and me and my brother if we did something stupid uh we quite, quite often get it, like smack bottom, bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just a, like something light to go. Yeah. Like, okay, you fucked up. And whether, whether it was that, or it was like, right, sit on the stairs for an hour. That's almost that's a lot worse, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Because for a little kid, an hour sitting on a staircase is torture. <laughs> I mean, at that point, <laughs> and it's fair enough because I never fucking did that again. That mistake. Um, but what, like, like, say so I get smacked on the ass. And then I would, I would feel, feel like shit. Yeah. Not because, because like, it didn't, it hurts for like five minutes, then you just get over it. Yeah. But you really feel inside, like, sick to your stomach that you know you've done something so bad. You've done you something wrong and they, your parents do this. The thing that always got to me was, like, you know that you've, you've disappointed your parents. That was always something yeah. that, like, got to me, too. As, as a, a child, child, that's a big thing. It is. Because as a child, your parents are gods. Like right, they're they they're the people who know everything, and they're the ones who are you know they're protecting you and everything. It's a very like, it's something that I feel like a is neglected a lot. And so, yes, I agree. Part of this is like the school's responsibility; they should be putting their foots down. But the parents should be doing the same thing. Like the parents mm. of the furries that are going in there wearing all this, let's call it what it is, kink gear. The, the, the parents shouldn't be letting their children leave the house in it. No. The teachers shouldn't be letting their children into the school with it. Yeah, I don't I don't care about this, like, the whole, like, be yourself and whatever. You, you be yourself with your friends. When you go into school, that's your job as a kid. Yeah, if, if you've got, got a uniform, uniform, you fucking wear it. Yeah, you dress like a fucking professional. Hmm. Yeah, I... It's... And it sounds harsh, but... What... I think has become very clear and it's something that used to be very common knowledge but what's become very clear having gone in the opposite direction in a lot of places is that it's healthy for the kids to actually have structure and responsibility and some level of discipline in their lives as they're growing up yeah it's just yeah it's vital, vital. yeah um i, I can't, can't imagine what the, the generation after, because it's kind of the generation after me that I think I got pretty close to the line, to be fair, where I'll be very interested in what adults are going to be like in 2030. Because I think it's going to be a complete change. Like, it really is. From 20 years, like less than that, from I'm gonna, a few years ago. I'm dreading, like, so I'm already at the, the, the stage at my work where I, I run a department, and mm. I'm hiring someone. I'm hiring someone around your age, actually. Um, and I just dread the day that down the road I'm going to have to hire somebody in that next generation down. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be... And, uh, there's always exceptions. We're not there saying are, yeah. <laughs> born after a certain date is terrible. No, and I do. I don't really like that grouping into like millennial, Gen Z, and all that other stuff. I feel like that's yeah. very reductive. Like people are individuals. Yeah. Um, but purely a uh, a view on where the world as a, as a general is going. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is what, you know, people 20 years older than us were thinking. It's and possible. Us now. It's like the, the most sought-after job for people leaving school right now is being a YouTuber. They're, yeah, they're YouTuber, influencer, podcaster. It's, like, I mean, we do this as a job. We do this as Yeah, we do this enjoy. as a hobby. But yeah, because it's just, um, it's something fun to do. But, yeah, I mean, when, when you were in school, what, what did everyone want to do? I mean, you went to an engineering college but before um, so when I was in when I was in high school there was a whole range of different things people wanted to do I know when I was in high mm. school I actually wanted to get into architecture actually mm. and then as I, I went on further I was like I'd like to actually get into doing something with computers and so I went to I actually went to college um, and my first major was in um, you know game design and programming mm. uh, which is how I met like a bunch of my friends now who are all software engineers <laughs> But eventually I realized that it was something I had fun with, but it wasn't really something I wanted to do professionally, so I switched over to, you know, engineering, uh, like biomedical engineering, and I started learning more about prosthetics and you know, mechanical engineering and stuff like that. And I found I, 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 thought, I found that to be a much more fulfilling job. Yeah. When, I don't know, when I was uh, pretty but, young, I knew, like, the most sought-after job over here was to, to go and be a soldier. That's most of my uh, family that lives out in the Midwest. Like, I, I have a ton of family. Um, my cousin was in the Navy. My other cousin was in the National Guard. My grandfather was in the Marines. Um, I've got... Yeah. I know I'm forgetting someone, and then hopefully not that I'm, I'm listening like, to this. I'm, I'm sure the next generation, unless the, you know, the, the military do some... I mean, to be fair, they, they do offer some very good... They do. ...for people to go into it, but... But the problem is they're they're turning into like a, a corporation where they're worried about people's yeah, there's feelings and everything like that. And it's like pay attention to somebody's mental health, but you're you're training a soldier. You're training somebody to actually yeah. do well, they have to these days because they would never be able to get, get anyone, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Hey, anyway. Hey, do you remember that like a few weeks back on the podcast we talked about that uh that that ad from the US Army? Yeah. And then I, I watched a comparison video. It's like recruiting ad for the U.S. Army, recruiting ad for the Chinese Army, recruiting ad for the Russian Army, and the top yeah. hold on the top comment under the video is like, man, when I wa when I watch the uh, the Russian ad, I want to join the Russian Army. When I watch the Chinese ad, I want to join the Chinese Army. When I watch the American ad, I want to join either the Russian or the Chinese Army. Yeah, but. All the opinions that we gave, all the opinions of the other YouTubers that I heard, they were all of people who had either... They, they, they weren't of the targeted audience for those videos. No, that, and that is a good point. So it doesn't really matter what we think. No, because we're already on the other side of the debate. Yeah. Or, you know, ex-military people, they know what war is like, and they know that's not like what it is, so... Yeah, it's disingenuous, but I guess it gets people to join. So we, we talked about this in last week's podcast a little bit, um, but I think it's relevant here as well. The whole fact that the Afghan army, like, folded pretty much immediately. Yeah. And the reason behind that is a third of the army... The, the army had a one-third attrition rate per year, so most of the people in there were fairly raw. They weren't well-trained soldiers. And... That's what happens when you have a strong, disciplined, hardcore fighting force like the Taliban that comes in with only like mm. 50,000 people and 300,000 poorly trained, feckless, 
people who aren't really going to put up much of a fight, they fold in a second. And that's one of the most worrying things about the fact that militaries are starting to go down this road is, like, it doesn't matter if you have a million soldiers. If it's a million weaklings, they'll lose to 100,000 people. Yeah. Just period. The moment that America goes, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm worried, that's, that's, you know, my worry. As I mean, most of the West in general, like, the most of Europe has a non-existent army, except, ironically, for France. Yeah, I mean, they've got about a foreign legion. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're kind of waffling on into other other topics at this point. Um, yeah. I did find out that I forty-five minutes in. <laughs> I am going to uh, get access to that full Wall Street Journal article, so we might yep. do like a uh, like a bonus little segment to finish off reading through the article and give more thoughts when I get that. Um, but for the time being, I think this is where we're going to end. Any final thoughts before I close this out? Uh, Saul's very sleek. <laughs> okay. I can't God damn it. in my head now. All right, well, this is going to be the end of episode 57 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and uh, you'll hear us again next week. Not the furries.